0: Good morning! Are you tired of the pill for every... problem model of healthcare. I can tell you that I am, and many people I know feel the same. So if you're looking for something new, I am so excited to introduce you to functional medicine today. You've heard me say those words. Today, I'm actually going to explain what that is because my guest today is Lauren Sullivan, a functional medicine practitioner from restorative health and wellness. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. So excited to have you. So we're going to share the ins and outs of functional medicine and answer your questions. We had some amazing questions come in from our listeners. Thank you all so much. If we're ever doing Q&A's and you want to know how to get your questions answered, you just need to go to Facebook.com slash Thrive Life Radio and ask away and we'll get you on the air. So thank you all so much for joining me today live from the ACU of Texas Studios here on Vinyl Draft Radio. Good morning, Thrive Life community. For those of you that are new to the show, welcome. I am so thrilled to have you here. I am your host, Amy Robison, nutrition consultant and owner of My Life Delicious. And I hope you are ready to power up your life and health with today's Thrive in Five. Thrive
1: Thrive Thrive in Five. five.
0: All right. So this is your five minute health spot of the week for tips, tricks and resources. And I am continuing with my review of Michael Pollan's uh, documentary called Cooked. So, we have been talking about that for the last three to four weeks. And we are on the very last segment, which is all about bacteria and bugs. Mm-hmm. It was such a great segment. I really enjoyed it. Um, lots of good stuff about why bacteria are so important. And we're going to talk about this here because it is it, number one, it's a huge growing field. Um, most you might hear of it if you're kind of searching online, it's called the microbiome. So, that's just kind of the where the bugs live essentially to keep it real simple. So, we're going to to talk about beneficial bacteria why it's important um, fermentation because that was a huge part of that segment actually of fermented food so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what that is and why it's important and the ki- also kind of like fermentation versus probiotic you know why why might one be better than the other or when would you move to one or also when they might be contraindicated as well because some people do not do well with probiotic or fermented foods so a fermented food you might think of sauerkraut that's probably the easiest one to talk about is sauerkraut um, because it's just kind of the name that most people know but you may not know that also things like coffee and chocolate are also actually ferments. Ketchup was a traditional fermented food, which is very interesting. It's nothing like what we have today, by the way. It is, no. (laughs) Another one you might all have heard of is kombucha. That is also technically a fermented food, although it's a bacteria yeast ferment as opposed to a bacterial ferment. And then sourdough. Sourdough is another big one that y'all might've heard of. Wine is a traditional ferment, so Mm -hmm. is beer. In fact, the fermentation goes back, Tens of thousands a year. I think the first initial one was a little over 20,000 years ago, and it's uh, the honey um, wine mead. It's kind of the first traditional ferment. So it, this goes back a really long time, and this is a traditional preparation for food preservation. So we think of just canning, and there are good things about canning as far as, you know, if you're going into a famine and stocking up, but when you're doing canning, it actually does kill a lot of the nutrient benefit, nutritional benefits of the foods. So it's almost kind of a sterilization process whereas fermentation, we're actually creating a live food. It's actually very cool. It's fun to do fermentation. I know it sounds really intimidating. It's super, super simple. I think I maybe need to do a little sauerkraut video to show you exactly how easy it is because literally it's cabbage, salt, a jar, and some thyme. Literally, that 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 is making sauerkraut. You're chopping it all up. You're putting some salt in it. You're maybe having to add a little bit water just depending on how much water is released from the sauerkraut or from the cabbage. You put it in a jar, you put it on the shelf, and you let it sit for anywhere from two to four weeks that is making sauerkraut is literally that easy. And so what's happening in the fermentation process is that it's creating lactic acid. And as that lactic acid comes up, now we get to start those good bugs flowing. It's a lot of lactobacillus, one of our really important beneficial bugs. And so that can be your probiotic. It's kind of the original probiotic, if Mm -hmm. you will. Instead of having the pills, we used food. So sauerkraut is definitely one of my favorites. I just made some pickles. Pickles are also super easy. It takes like a week, it's fabulous. I think probably the most popular one I've made is dill carrots. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're so good. And they're kid approved, by the way. My mm-hmm. niece and nephew absolutely loved dill carrots. They just like ate them up. Although I had to kind of say, don't eat too many. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> you to be sick because they're not taking probiotics all the time. So... Why, Lauren, I'm going to pose this question to you. Why beneficial bacteria? I think isn't, you know, we used to have, we had the germ theory and all bacteria was scary and all bacteria caused all the problems. So why now are we seeing that bacteria is actually beneficial for us?
1: Right. So for so long, um, we've been in medicine, just really focused on the bad bugs and, you know, dropping bombs with antibiotics whenever somebody got sick. And most of the time, you know, we think back on, it, Hey, they probably had a virus and, um, you know, I've even <laughs> antibiotics been, probably
0: not going to yeah. help that. Yeah.
1: Yes. I mean, back when I was in school um, in a pediatric rotation, I had a pediatrician tell me, she said, make sure that every patient, if they're sick, if the parent asks for an antibiotic, you just write one. And it was, you know, and, there's a little, and that was about <laughs> oh. 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's a lot of education now, even conventionally that, hey, you know, we need to be very careful mm-hmm. with antibiotics um, because we are, we understand that there's a lot of beneficial bacteria that are important to do so many things in our body that we're wiping out when we use antibiotics like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I know, I think maybe it
0: was, it's been in maybe the last year where they're talking about, you know, how you always used to be told, if you get an antibiotic, you take the full course. And now they're saying that maybe is not the best idea. Yeah.
1: Right. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess the concern is, are you going to generate some super bugs if you don't totally eradicate that species? But then what are you also doing to all of the good bacteria? During that time, and so whenever we do give antibiotics, we're always recommending to take probiotics. You know, like in the like you know usually probiotics or antibiotics are dosed twice a day, so you take your probiotic midday. Yes,
0: in between, everybody Mm -hmm. don't take them at the
1: same time. (laughs) You will eradicate the
0: probiotic. (laughs) It's not going to help you.
1: Exactly. Yes,
0: I know it's it's such a cool field, and I know they do have like the Human Microbiome Project Mm -hmm. now because they're showing that the bacteria. It's not just we always kind of think about when you're talking about the gut that it's just the gut that it's helping. But it's actually so many other things. Oh, absolutely. It helps with the brain function. And they're noticing some links with obesity and people not being able to lose weight because the bacteria are imbalanced. Right. Right. And um, and then the, the newest one I keep seeing, um, the newest word I keep seeing pop up is the estrobiome so it's like that the bacteria metabolizing estrogens mm-hmm. and getting them out of the body it's right
1: like, what yes, <laughs> yes yeah that's so cool and i get to you know i study hormones too in our practice yes. as well and and also doing a ton of microbiome and functional gut testing and and you do see those patients that have had hormonal issues and then you look at their their um their functional gut testing and you do see markers that kind of indicate that yes they do have a problem detoxing those pathways so i know exactly what you're talking about
0: yes that's mm-hmm. so and that's so cool and i think that's such an important point um, and as we get into what is functional medicine you're going to understand this a lot more is that just because you have symptoms of one thing doesn't mean that thing is the problem. It may actually be sourced right. from a completely different functioning area of Mm -hmm. the body (laughs) and that is where the balance is is, you know being created and we you know we were having a little discussion right before we went on air about you know it kind of all disease does begin in the gut and so anytime you have somebody come in it's like backing it up what's going on with your digestion what's happening in that in that gut what's going on like you said with the species what what's happening in there what's the makeup right right. yeah and how much that can actually impact people's health for the good or the bad Mm -hmm. i know i have a um a friend of mine um who is doing some functional work with a doc up in Dallas. And so they did like the functional gut testing and there was some beneficial bacteria that she had zero, like absolutely none, And Mm -hmm. so she has the weight loss resistance issue. And Mm -hmm. it was basically like, this is part of the problem. This is part of why you're not losing weight. It's not because her diet is legit. I Mm -hmm. mean, she's doing like the autoimmune protocol, Mm -hmm. like To the T, her diet's better than mine is, but she's get, she doesn't get any shift. And it's because that part of it is because that bacteria is just completely out of whack
1: and that's and one thing we're finding too about probiotics is that just because you take a probiotic doesn't mean that they're going to stay in the gut and just yes. repopulate you know you have to take a probiotic almost like a vitamin or a medication you mm-hmm. have to take it every day to support that population so yes I'm
0: so glad you brought that up yeah. because that's exactly basically what he told her that some mm-hmm. of those because they're completely gone and you know I mean you can get into that we won't get into the conversation because it would take way too long of fecal transplantation <laughs> and it's very new so there's still mm-hmm. a lot of work to be done there but that just just taking a probiotic like you said it doesn't mean that it's right. repopulating right yeah it still may just be kind of going in there doing its job and then it's just being excreted out and it's not actually sticking right. so a probiotic becomes like a lifelong medication at that yes. point yeah i Absolutely. thought that was really interesting and i think it's a big misconception and again it's not to say don't take probiotics or don't eat fermented mm-hmm. foods because they're super beneficial um, if there's not an issue for you however we need to understand that it, it might be something you need to take long term Yes. Because I know that's a question I get a lot is how long do I have to take a probiotic? Right. It's like, well, it, um, it depends.
1: Right. And it's, now it's nice to have these um, stool tests that we do that actually look for all these different bacterial populations and, you know, how high or low are they? And we compare that to a healthy group of patients and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we, and so we can actually strategize on what type of probiotic we'd recommend based on their, their levels.
0: Yeah. And I love that because it's really kind of, you know, outside of the testing, it's kind of just throwing, you know, spaghetti at the wall and kind of seeing what sticks. And now that it's more of a targeted approach, it's, it's so much better because then you're actually like, this is what your individual body needs Mm -hmm. in order to function better instead of like, well, there's this, there's a thousand, actually there's way more than that thousand (laughs) probiotics, which one do I pick? Which one do I give you? It's really confusing. It's hard for people to make that decision without some... I know, it's
1: still don't know everything
0: (laughs) that's so true it's it's almost kind of like the more we know the more we know we don't yeah Uh i feel
1: like that all the time
0: (laughs) i'm glad i'm not the only one because i feel like that constantly what where did this come from like Mm -hmm. now it's like everything i just learned i need to throw it out the window because there's all of this new stuff and Mm -hmm. it's not that it was a waste but you know now it's this there's this whole new line of understanding that we get to go down yes it's so exciting Mm -hmm. yeah so anyway fermented foods we're gonna go into break here in a minute so if If you want to check that out real food fermentation is probably my favorite book for you to get started so if you want to learn how to do it yourself um traditionalcookingschool.com or summerbach.com those are also really great resources to learn how to make your own probiotic your own fermented foods so we are going to talk about what functional medicine is and is it a good fit for you when we come back welcome back thrive live community so glad to be with you today if you missed our first segment we were talking about all things bacteria so you definitely want to hop on and listen to that when the archive comes out because it was a fantastic conversation but we get to build on that because everything kind of begins in the gut for us so today on the show i have practitioner lauren sullivan with restorative health and wellness and she is a functional medicine practitioner which is why i'm so excited to have you on the show today so she is a certified physician assistant under the supervision of Dr. Greg Bonin. She's a Houston native and a grad of Clear Lake High School. She graduated from Texas A&M in College Station, where she received her Bachelor of Science in Biomedical Medicine. Very cool. She later graduated from Nova Southeastern University in Florida with honors and received her master's as a physician assistant. She is passionate about nutrition, so again, which (laughs) I love, and applying a more natural approach to conventionally treated medical problems. She received training in functional medicine and is pursuing her master's in metabolic and nutritional medicine very cool she has experience with bioidentical hormone replacement thyroid disorder autoimmune gastrointestinal conditions and many other health issues that can be addressed with a functional approach she believes in working with each patient to assess their individual needs and treatment goals welcome lauren thank you i'm so thrilled to have you on the show today because a lot you we're just like kindred spirits here a little bit (laughs) because everything that you're doing is things that i absolutely support and i'm very excited about the functional medicine community but i know a lot of our listeners when you say functional medicine they're just like i don't know what that is Mm -hmm. what what is uh-huh. functional medicine and how is it different so give us kind of like the the bullet points of what is functional medicine
1: right so Um, And I love the term functional medicine. You really have to think about what the word function means. So um, in compared to a traditional setting in medicine, so functional medicine, you know, we encourage patients with any kind of symptom, any kind of concern to come see us um, because we're going to try to get to the bottom of what's going on. So instead of whipping out a prescription pad, we're going to go through a whole patient history, um, you know, what kind of issues they've had starting, you know, from birth all the way Mm -hmm. to what they're dealing with now and all the things along the way as far as why you know that might be happening uh, we do functional medicine testing which is just going much deeper than your traditional blood work um, we do all sorts of things to kind of evaluate each different system in the body and try to kind of piece together get to, together what might be causing those issues so, um, compared to traditional where, you know, I mean, you get a very short amount of time with your doctor, yeah. you know, five minutes or less. And, you know, you usually only get to talk about one complaint, but in functional medicine, we never do that. We actually say, okay, what, like we want to know everything, everything. because yes. it could be something, you know, totally unrelated, you know, for example, like you mentioned autism, you know, and then it could be a gut thing. So, um, so yeah, it it's just, it, we really look at the whole thing. And one thing I really liked as, far somebody said about describing a functional medicine practitioner is that we are super generalist.
0: Yes. So like
1: (laughs) everything we want to know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because the more, you know, the more you can build that picture and build that story of the person sitting in front of you, because it is really, truly root cause individual medicine. Mm -hmm. I mean, 100%, there is nothing cookie cutter about it. Exactly. Yeah. It's not, like I said in the beginning, it is not a pill for a problem. Mm -hmm. It really is what's going on in there. Mm -hmm. Why are you having the issues you're having? What system are out of balance and how do those systems affect other systems in the body right it's so fascinating to me <laughs> and such a cool it's just such a cool form of medicine so why do you feel like the emergence of the functional medicine model is so important
1: so i think honestly it's it's patients are tired of the current conventional setting, you know, the not being able to understand what's going on with themselves, um, wanting more answers, wanting to be more engaged in their healthcare decisions. Mm-hmm. So I find that patients are wanting more and more of this. And the interesting thing I've also seen is I've been doing this for about 10 years and going to, I go to a World Congress of Anti-Aging Medicine practitioners, we all meet there and we hear kind of the latest things and sit in the seminars, but it's getting bigger and bigger. Awesome. And you know, you'll get to talk to different practitioners sitting around you. And I mean, there will be surgeons, they will be ER doctors, um, wow. pediatricians. I mean, everybody is there and they usually have a personal story to kind of tell you um, because I think they themselves feel like their training, their conventional training has failed them in some way. Right. You know, so I think that might be part of it. So it's really exciting to see that patients are getting an awareness, but so are, you know, doctors and healthcare practitioners mm-hmm. as well. Yep. I
0: think everyone kind of at this point is at the what's we need to do something different this is not working people are just getting sicker and Mm -hmm. sicker and more of that chronic disease stuff it's not this acute things that maybe you know people were having issues with 100 years ago these are chronic conditions and most of them are lifestyle related Mm -hmm. and so it's like what what is the problem why are we going down this path and because there's so i mean and i know you you know because you get very complex people into your practice that have you know, all the things going on, basically. And so navigating that as a conventional practitioner would be completely impossible. Because sure. like you said, they have, you know, five minutes and they hear about one thing, but those 10 other things they have going on might be more of the big picture, but the patient doesn't really understand that those other things have such an impact on the one thing that they're going right. in for.
1: Right, it's so much education. It yeah. really is. And and it's fun to educate patients and they really appreciate that, you know. So, and they, they like being part of the part of the plan and they, they feel empowered that there's something other than taking a daily prescription that they can do to improve their health.
0: Yes. And they really start to kind of tune into their own body and Mm -hmm. figure out for themselves Mm -hmm. what's going on. They're asking themselves questions and coming up with answers. Right. And, and like you said, the education is the most important part of it because the more a patient can understand about their body, the better they can just take care of themselves. I tell patients, our clients all the time, like my goal is for you to not need me. Yes. (laughs) You know, my goal is for you to understand how to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. So since speaking of, you know, personal stories, do you have a story as to why functional medicine for you? You know, what right. what is it that drew you towards that as opposed to just staying in the traditional route?
1: Right, so um, as a kid, I was always into science and I, I just knew from day one, you know, I was always the kid. That I, I just, I steered away from the fictional books. I was always had my nose and like, you know, all the, the science-y books. And, so you're
0: the uh, lifelong medical nerd. Absolutely, yes, awesome. I, love, I love, it.
1: you know, biology and physiology and anatomy. It is just so interesting. So it's really fun that, you know, doing something that that's my work, but, but that I really, truly enjoy learning about. Um, So that kind of, I think, really led me into this, but, um, you know, I did get the conventional training like every physician assistant does. So we're kind of taught in a mini medical school model, you know, it's abbreviated and People mm-hmm. say it's like getting medical school, you know, taking it from a fire hydrant, you know, so it's like really fast. <laughs> it's really, a fast really, and really fast really intense. Yeah, yes. so, um, but in, actually when I was finishing up my school, um, I was about to take a job in orthopedic medicine. And uh, one of my mentors, actually, the physician I worked with for a long time, John Johnston, who actually mm-hmm. practices yeah. locally yes. here, he's I been my mentor yeah, for awesome. a long time, and I've known him. And he actually said, hey, you have to come see what I'm doing, and so I decided to spend my very last rotation with him. And I was blown away. I that mean, changed everything. Absolutely, I was like, "This is the way medicine should be practiced." Oh, so you know, exciting. the relationships you build with your patients, that yeah. they, they like coming to you because they're feeling better. And that that I just knew right then and there, that's what I had to do. That's awesome. Yeah. I, that's just
0: so, that's so I like getting goosebumps. That's so <laughs> it's so cool because and I think one of the main things that you said is the patients like coming, mm-hmm. and then they're getting better. Yes. And as a practitioner, there is nothing more exhilarating, I guess maybe you could say, than seeing a patient who's having all of these problems get better. Absolutely. And start like not feeling like crap all the time. Mm-hmm. And understand that there's some there's something going on and it's not that they're broken. Right. That's a really common thing I get. There's something wrong with me. There's mm-hmm. something that's broken in me. And I was like, no, it's not. There's not something broken with you. There's just, uh, there's, you know, outside factors that are creating something, some of these imbalances in your body. And sure. so it's like, let's look at all of this other stuff and help you make some changes so you feel better. Yes,
1: absolutely. I mean, I've had patients just break down in tears when they're, when I'm oh. going over their test results, I'm like, this can cause this. And they're like, yeah, I thought it was just me. I'm like, no, well, it it's you, but you know, if, <laughs> but there's an not, explanation yes. to it and, and it's not your fault. Yes. Yes. I think that's important. mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I know. And so
0: as a practitioner, you know, what do you see as the future of the medical model? Do you know, do you feel like this this is going to continue to take off because you are, you know, how much so. are you seeing it grow? I know, <laughs>
1: you know, yeah. I, I think so. I really do. And it's a really exciting time to be part of this. And I think that, you know, patients just, we need to keep educating our patients and spreading the word. And, and I will tell you, our practice is definitely word of mouth. And, and we, you know, we get a, we get one person in there and next thing, you know, their whole family's coming to yes. us, their friends are coming to us. And that's, yeah. it's, it's really great to see that because it's, it's testimony. Absolutely. You know, from one patient and that's to the another. most powerful thing. Right. That
0: really truly is the most powerful thing is mm-hmm. to have, Have Mm -hmm. it almost all be word of mouth because Mm -hmm. then you know people are getting better. Yes. Something's happening, something's changing.
1: Right. It's ultra preventative, you know, and um, like you said, addressing the chronic care chronic healthcare issues today I mean that's that's what it's all about
0: yeah and I think that word is awesome ultra preventative <laughs> I think that needs to be like the next slogan for <laughs> y'all because we we are so reactionary when it comes right. to our health it's like okay we don't do anything about how we feel until we feel bad sure so it's like okay well you can actually be a little bit more you know upfront with this mm-hmm. and do something on the front end and start to create a good level of
1: health by the education yes factor. well a good example is diabetes so we actually have a reversing diabetes program in our clinic and Reversing is a powerful word. Yes. Um, You know, because most people think, oh, once you have diabetes, it's just this long road of medications and complications, which it can be. Mm -hmm. But if you educate your patients on, you know, nutrition and different things that they can do, you can actually really turn it around. Yes. Um, But so many people are unaware that they even have diabetes because a lot of them aren't getting the proper test done to Mm -hmm. even catch it from years and years before when it's starting to develop.
0: Exactly. Because diabetes doesn't just happen. This is a progressive disease, and so it usually starts quite a bit earlier than when Mm -hmm you Mm -hmm. actually finally catch it. And there's been problem after problem before that. But like you said, if they don't, they don't understand what's going on with their body, Mm -hmm. then there's no way for them to know there's a problem. They just, and, and we also have like, if you have symptoms, it's, oh, it's just normal. You're just getting older. So we're like, no, (laughs) it's actually not supposed to be,
1: (laughs) it's not supposed to be that way. You're not just, you don't just get sick just because you age. Right. And and one cool thing, I can't tell you how many patients I've worked with that, you know, one guy, he was in his sixties. was like, I feel so much better right now with my age. I am than I did when I was in my thirties. So it is the coolest thing to hear people say that.
0: It's amazing because, and it's, and it's available for everybody. I really, absolutely, truly believe it. We just need to change the way that we think about Mm -hmm. it and then change the way that it's being, that it's being approached, which is what functional medicine does. Right. It's changing the approach of health and wellness to, like you said, ultra preventative, as opposed to being super reactionary. Mm -hmm. And that is such a key, such a key point. So we have some Awesome questions that came in from listeners this week. So we're going to get into that. So if you are wondering if functional medicine for you if, is for you, if you're wondering if you are the ideal patient to get into this model, we're going to talk about that coming up. Welcome back, Thrive Life community. I'm so excited to talk about functional medicine today. I absolutely functional medicine. It is an amazing field of healthcare it is growing it is answering questions it is solving problems it is education so we are going to answer some questions from our listeners we had some really cool stuff come in this week so i really want to dive down into that um so our first question came in from pat so he wants to know, what are the best conditions or ailments that would respond to functional medicine? Oh, everything.
1: Everything. <laughs> <laughs> right? Everything. Yeah. Yeah, and some things you don't even realize are going on in your body. You know, the silent killers. So... It's a good thing to be kind of aware of maybe your family history. Mm. Um, you know, if you have a strong family history of heart disease, for example, definitely get some functional medicine testing done on your your cholesterol because you can do particle testing. You can look for inflammatory yes. markers. Yes. Actually, blood sugar issues are seriously tied to diabetes or to, to sorry heart disease. Yes. So I mean, it's all connected. Um, so, but I think everybody should should kind of look into getting some functional medicine testing done just kind of go in ask for some of the basic things and you'll start to uncover things that you can improve on
0: yeah i absolutely agree with that i think that it's just a great starting point for maria as opposed to like we were talking about in the previous segment or maybe the segment before that you know just going in and getting the traditional blood testing it just doesn't really tell you much you can Pull certain things out. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's like you get the blood testing back and everything looks fine, but you feel like crap. So it's like, well, obviously not everything's okay. And so they just, those tests, um, are fine as like a very small, like benchmark, I guess, but functional testing is really different. So why don't you, I think that might be a good thing for us to talk about real quick is what is functional testing and you know, kind of how is it different from traditional testing, Mm -hmm. but also what are some of the things that you're looking for in functional testing?
1: Okay. So like for cholesterol, for example, there's the traditional cholesterol panel that most physicians will order, but it it really, you you actually know that the LDL, for example, that you're looking at there, that's a calculated number, um, but you can actually do particle testing, which is going to reflect the size of the LDL particle that you make. And so you can have totally normal looking LDL on a traditional cholesterol panel, but when you look at the particles, they can actually be small. And those small particles actually put you at a much higher risk of having a heart issue. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's why you still see patients that have normal cholesterol values, having heart attacks Having heart strokes. attacks, exactly. People on statins, for example, because statins mm-hmm. don't change the size of the particle. They just lower the number. So mm-hmm. they still have those issues as well. So, um, yeah, as, as well as some other uh, issues Yes, too. yes. Oh yes. my gosh. And, and then, you know, so that's just an example of something that we would do in functional medicine. And actually, it's becoming more widely used, and even mm-hmm. Quest Labs is doing particle Wow, I didn't realize that. Those of you out there, just ask your doctor, hey, change it up this time and let's order particle testing and let's see what it says. Yeah. Um, So that's one thing, you know, as far as hormones, I do a lot of thyroid uh, treatment. And so a lot of um, conventional settings, they'll just order a TSH if you're lucky, a T4, Mm -hmm. but we order a whole panel of thyroid um, labs, which look at antibodies, which is one of the most common cause for having Uh, thyroid issues so a lot Mm -hmm. of people out there are actually having thyroid problems that are just kind of missed because we're not running the full panel yes and we also in addition to just looking at maybe different markers we are looking at optimal ranges so we're taught in functional practice how to really look at those ranges and and you know compare that with the patient sitting in front of you and use that to kind of say hey you know what um Your T3 really is kind of on the lower end of this. We need to figure something out. Maybe there's a deficiency. Maybe we need to, you know, dig into this a little bit more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, Mm -hmm. I think that's really important on I'm glad you brought up the thyroid panel because that is one of the ones that can be such a problem because they're having all of these symptoms, but you know, their TSH is within normal range, Mm -hmm. which is actually extremely broad. It's you know, as far as going and getting a standard blood test, it's really broad and functional medicine really narrows that in again, because you're looking at healthy people, not just healthy people plus people on medication. Right. You know, to get that normal number, you want to know what what well, what is a healthy person's number, not uh-huh. a sick person's number. Exactly. That's not helpful.
1: <laughs> exactly. And and all tsh is, is a signal from the pituitary. Yeah,
0: it's absolutely not the thyroid. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. not.
1: And even that part can be broken. People yeah. always just think about the thyroid gland, but actually, you know, their signal part can be. You know, there could be a problem. With exactly. Exactly. Well, and the,
0: that's the interesting thing I think about the thyroid. We're going to segue here for a second because I know I see this a lot in practice, and I have a, people ask me questions about it all the time. As the thyroid is that, you know, how often do you, do you see that the thyroid is actually the problem as opposed to something else from the body creating a thyroid issue? (laughs)
1: It's always something else (laughs) creating it. Okay. I'm I'm not crazy. It's it's something, especially, you know, the Hashimoto's patients out there, which are the autoimmune patients. Mm -hmm. Um, there's always some kind of perfect storm that has happened for that patient. You know, when you do see maybe a little bit of genetic tendency, you have to be, you know, kind of watch those Mm -hmm. patients with family history of thyroid disorders. But sometimes, you know, we think about viruses, maybe that they've encountered in the past and um, a lot of women are triggered by hormonal changes yeah when the thyroid kind of you know changes or um nutritional deficiencies mm-hmm. for example uh cortisol levels being off can, yes. can disrupt the thyroid um so there's a lot of factors that play in and we always try to look at that yeah you know um and the ultimate goal though is to get that patient feeling better so we, we'll do a combination of things and what the patient feels comfortable with doing
0: yes absolutely mm-hmm.
1: yes so it's it's and
0: I think that's the thing that's so, again, exciting about functional medicine is just your whole, converse, your whole statement right there that we're talking about thyroid, but it could be, actually be all of these other things that really are where the imbalances and the correction needs to be made. Mm-hmm. And then the thyroid will take care of itself. It will start performing properly once those other things are addressed. And part of functional testing is to see what else is going on Mm -hmm. in there and not just that one thing based off of just having thyroid symptoms.
1: Right, right. And that's just basic labs. And then you can get into, we were were talking about the gut earlier, and Mm -hmm. we do stool testing, which is much different than what you would do through Quest, which is still culture-based. And um, so the functional medicine stool testing that we do is always DNA-based. So Interesting. I didn't realize that that was the the difference. Yes, and even there are some journals out there, some of the cutting edge journals about the gut microbiome that won't even look at culture based testing anymore. I mean, it's all yeah. kind of going to DNA.
0: Yeah. That's so, interesting. So what, why is that, why is that so much better when you're, I mean, obviously you can kind of, you know, logically think of why that's better, but why is it better to look at from the DNA standpoint as opposed to just the culture?
1: Right. Well, DNA, I think you're going to be able to like, cause when you order, order a culture, you're looking at just a very small specimen right. sample. And, right. and every time I've ordered a culture, I know something's wrong with that patient. I have yet, seriously. And like, 10 years I've been doing this, um, have not seen, um, a positive culture come back. So, and and yet, and then I'll run a DNA study and it's like, wow, we found C. diff, we found H. pylori, we found things that are, um, you know, a big deal and then really can explain why the patient is ill. So it's just, it's a much better technology that we
0: have. Yeah, I know. I, that's, I know I kind of steer clear of even telling people to go get stool testing because I know it's so narrow what it, it's looked at and it misses so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, we go and do this test and then all and then everything comes back fine. And there's no, like you said, there's no, there, it says there's no issues, but we know there's something going mm-hmm. on. And they're like, oh, well, I'm good. Everything's fine. But then they still feel terrible and things aren't shifting with, you know, some basic dietary and lifestyle interventions like, no, there's more to the story. There's something deeper going on Mm -hmm. there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's, I I love functional testing. I think it's absolutely amazing. So this actually kind of helps us go into this next segment. Uh, or this next question, this came in from Jen. Um, so she's asking, you know, are there certain foods that create inflammatory response and increase symptoms or flares in autoimmune conditions?
1: Absolutely. There's kind of, you know, there's some major ones that you're, I'm sure educate your patients about too. Um, but gluten would mm-hmm. be a big one. I, I mean, I tell patients, you know, they're like, well, are you sure I can't just eat like one piece of bread? Like, you know, or, yeah. or what about the Ezekiel bread? And yeah. I'm like, look, every single, there's nothing good that's going to come out of gluten. Yeah. And um, we actually started doing um, a big panel that looks at all the different peptide reactions that you can have yes. to every single part of wheat, every part of the gluten, all the proteins Because there's are in a lot.
0: That. It's not just, you right. know, when you, when you go to a doctor and get a traditional kind of gluten sensitivity test, it might be three markers that right. they're looking
1: at. There's so many there's more than so that. There's so many. And I have yet to see a single person not react. Yeah. So- I think, I mean, definitely if you're struggling with an autoimmune concern, gluten should be out because it really triggers inflammatory responses in the gut, Yes, which then become more systemic exactly. in
0: the body. Exactly. Yeah. It leads to all kinds of other stuff. So right. what other foods do you kind of look at there outside of like doing a actual full sensitivity panel? To are there other foods that you kind of
1: initially right start Right off grabbing? the bat. Yeah. yeah. The right um, off the bat foods. So grains, I kind of even broaden into that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, for example, corn is a huge genetically modified food, yeah. not to mention most of the patients that I'm seeing have some kind of blood sugar concern just yes. with the way that we eat. Um, and so, you know, corn usually is out. And then, and so it's, it's just better, I find, to just take the grains out entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we usually do take out beans and legumes for a little while just to kind of help with healing the gut because most autoimmune patients are going to have... We need to go to the gut again. Yes. I'm um, going to have some gut issues. And then, you know, maybe at some point we can, you know, talk about proper preparation of beans and yes. things. And, yep. and those can be good. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of traditional foods that involve that. Dairy is, you know, a big topic when we talk about autoimmune. A lot of patients that have problems with gluten will also have mm-hmm. problems with dairy. Yes. Um, and you know, and dairy is a very debatable thing. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, where did dairy go wrong? You know? Know. Um, and so, but um, but for the most part, for anybody with autoimmune concerns, we do recommend taking that out. Sugar. Mm-hmm. It's like, probably should put that number one. <laughs> I um, know, that is almost number one. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. most of the just sugar in our country that that we're consuming is genetically modified beets. Absolutely. You know? um, yes. Or it's even worse than that. And it's like the high fructose corn syrup, yeah. which behaves like a really toxic sugar in your body. Super Oh, it's super yeah. awful. Yeah. So so everything we're talking about when we're thinking about autoimmune is a lot of just what stirs up inflammation in yes. the body. You know, heavy omega-6s. So we talk about just absolutely not using any vegetable oils mm-hmm. or seed oils because yes. they're they're rancid and, and we encourage omega-3s because that will actually kind of help reduce inflammation and a lot of autoimmune patients have a lot of benefit with that
0: yes absolutely mm-hmm. yeah those are uh, yeah those are the top ones yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and then you can get as exotic as you want to you know with um, AIP which you know autoimmune paleo a lot of people do really well on that or eliminating nightshades mm-hmm. um, yeah nightshades are the other way yes. especially
0: do you see more um for the on the nightshade sides do you um see like with pain issues fibromyalgia yes. arthritis and the things pain like stuff, that right. the pain stuff mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. Yeah, that seems to be a big correlation as the pain stuff, mm-hmm. and then you know the removal of the nightshades. Right. Yeah. So AIP
1: yeah. is a really great place to start, you mm-hmm. know, and then, you know, just start to slowly add foods back in and see how you tolerate, see what symptoms kind of come back. If yeah, you Yeah, eat
0: I agree. AIP is, can be really fantastic. And if you're interested in looking at that, there is stuff all over <laughs> the, the web about that, but, um, the paleo mom, um, she kind of, she initiated the autoimmune paleo protocol. So that would be a great place for y'all to start and just kind of take a look at it. It's mm-hmm. going to feel overwhelming and restricted when you first look at it. So going to a functional medicine, doctor or a nutritionist or a health coach um, is a great idea because they can help you navigate that help you implement it and so you do it right so you're not ending up with not eating anything mm-hmm. they can really really help out with that so we have some more questions because y'all are awesome so mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about some hormone replacement therapy and you know foods that actually help reduce inflammation mm-hmm. when we come back Welcome back Thrive Life community. We are talking all things functional medicine today with Lauren Sullivan of Restorative Health and Wellness. I'm so thrilled to have you. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah, we have had a great conversation talking about what is functional medicine. You know, basically just to give you a little bit of a it's basically root cause medicine. So we're looking for what's going on in there, what's causing all of the problems instead of just a pill for a problem. So it's just very highly individualized. It's so so cool. So if you miss kind of the first segment, please hop back on and go, you know, listen to that because we had a really great conversation about what is functional medicine and just introducing you to this kind of up and coming field of medicine because it really can be life-changing for people. I know you see it in your practice every day. You yes. see people's lives changing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: it's really, really exciting. So we are answering some listener questions. Thank you all for, for everybody who sent questions in because y'all gave us some good stuff to talk about. So another one of the questions that Jen had for us kind of going off of her um, autoimmune condition and are there foods that, you know, create um, more issues with autoimmune. So we kind of talked about that in the last segment, but she also asked how is diet applied in functional medicine? Mm-hmm. So how how do you use it in your practice? I know you said on the, on the break, we were talking right. about 90%. Yes,
1: oh yeah. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, I was saying that ninety percent, I think, of the success that we make in our practice is nutrition-based, if Mm -hmm. not more. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. I really believe
1: that. You know, food is chemistry, and everything that you put in your mouth is going to have some kind of effect on your body you have to think from a cellular level. We, yes. as human beings, are made up of trillions of cells yeah. that become tissue, that become organs, that become organ systems and us. So, yes. you know, you have to think tiny. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and it's it's sometimes hard to fathom that, okay, I'm going to eat a turkey sandwich and how is that bad? But there's actually a lot of things we need to think about. And, um, you know, some of these processed foods and things can really become unhealthy, things that you wouldn't think are, right. are a big deal. Right. But it's the food industry that, you know, a lot of times it's made it
0: exactly so i think you know that might actually be something for us to just talk about real quick so a turkey sandwich Mm -hmm. what potential Mm -hmm. problems from a turkey sandwich
1: okay for the well the bread would be the starter yeah yeah um especially just you know the things that they would maybe if you didn't buy the good organic bread whatever they're Mm -hmm. you know they might be putting bromide in there which is you know toxin for um it affects the thyroid um so there's that, there's the gluten that we've talked about which is in most bread, even gluten-free bread. I I just yeah, you know, I most of don't it's just pretty know. cruddy. It's yes. pretty junky yeah. and not to mention
0: just the blood sugar issues. Yes. Yes. yes.
1: So, so there's that, and then you know if you're if you're gonna put mayonnaise on there, um, and you can actually get really good mayonnaise yes. with avocado, avocado oil, oil and yes, and so, so it's good. out there. They yeah. have the H E B now. They do, <laughs> yes, it's so good. It's too. Awesome. yeah, that's so, awesome. So, but you know if you just grab a regular jar of mayonnaise, and they'll trick you on the labels and say oh it's natural and or it
0: has olive yeah. oil in it. Yes, that's it, the one I'm like oh I'm
1: using the olive oil I mayonnaise. I know, and you still look on the back <gasps> it's soybean or canola or yes. something. and it makes me so
0: frustrated because they really tried to make a good decision and they still just got whapped over the head. Yeah. Yes.
1: And it's so funny. Uh, Once patients start to learn this, they'll go to the grocery store and be like, it took me three hours (laughs) because we taught them to read labels. And I'm saying, well, it'll get faster because you'll know your go to's, you know, and um, but there's that. And then, you know, if you think about the meat, too, you know, you do. I think it's really important to get um properly raised any anything animal product um because with the cows or the you know the turkey in the situation um whatever they're eating they're going to transmit that to you exactly. and a lot of times they're being fed grain yeah. um which is highly genetically modified so it really really matters what you eat and what your what your food ate.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And so that's how you can make a turkey sandwich not good for you. Right.
1: So yeah. and what would be a good strategy to redo that, you know, maybe a lettuce wrap um mm-hmm. or even some people take the healthy lunch meat that you can still find like Applegate for example. Yeah. Great. yeah. Yes. And then put what you would normally put on your sandwich, just roll it in the middle yes. and then roll it up. And yeah, which know. is also
0: really good. Yeah. So yes.
1: there's so many workarounds, um, to, to be healthy and, and, you know, turn something that you would normally like because of convenience or whatever, and, and make it a healthy option.
0: Yes. And yeah. And it's yeah. not, it's not huge changes. So it's not so far out of the wheelhouse, you know, it's still
1: pretty similar, but just the impact is so much bigger, right? The and impact is so much bigger. Absolutely. And, you know, in, in functional medicine and using the nutrition strategies, we do personalize it. Mm -hmm. So like if a patient's diabetic, um, you know, we will kind of go more of a lower carb approach, but if they have gut issues, you know, we'll think about fiber and, and different things. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it, or autoimmune, it really is individualized to the patient on what kind of nutrition strategy we would use.
0: Yeah. Which is fantastic because everybody is different mm-hmm. and they're all going to need something a little bit different. And I know, you know, when you have a household that can make it a little bit complicated, but when you have, you know, like you have a health coach on staff to help them work through that, which yes. I, that is so exciting to me. I love the fact that you have a health <laughs> coach because the pairing of functional medicine and a health coach or a nutritionist is amazing Yes, because it's like you can focus on the clinical and then you've got that coach to come in and say this is how we're going to implement this yes and it just takes all the guesswork for the patient it makes it much less intimidating and they feel it's empowering like you said in the beginning it's empowering they feel like they can do it and they can take control of their health right it's so it's just so exciting so we're going to get into our last question thank you jen thank you pat so this last question came in from michelle and so She asks, when a patient needs hormone replacement therapy, how do you decide if they need over-the-counter medication, compound, or pharmaceutical medication, or do you always start with a more natural approach first?
1: That's a good question. I think you kind of have to meet your patient where they are, Mm -hmm. because... Um, patients that come in with hormones, I mean, I, I treat young women as young as like 14, um, and menopausal women, and they come in for different concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the, the younger girls, you know, when they're normally just offered a birth control pill, right. that's my, like, I would not do that ever. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, we really focus on nutrition. There's usually some kind of nutritional fix there that we can focus on. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of PCOS patients, yeah, you know, girls come in concerned about their acne mm-hmm. or irregular cycles, and we can usually... Kind of nip that in the bud with yep. with good healthy lifestyle changes. Yes, um, and then and then you know sometimes you will get some of the more complex patients, or maybe it's around perimenopause, mm-hmm. for example. And, and I like doing a lot of hormone testing at that point to really yes. kind of get an idea of what's going on. Um, but, um, one of the common patterns that you'll see is maybe like an estrogen dominant case mm-hmm. where they're going to make too much estrogen, not enough progesterone. So in those cases, you know, there are things that you can do definitely nutritionally, um, you know, supplemental, but sometimes we do have to use hormonal replacement therapy just to get that patient back on track and really, you know, help relieve some of those symptoms. Mm-hmm. So we'll prescribe bioidentical hormones. Yeah. So bioidentical progesterone, for example, which we do compounding for, Um, so, so it just really kind of depends on what that, what the patient needs and, and how, how miserable they might be too. (laughs) Yes. um, Yes. But so, you know, if we do use a bioidentical hormone or something like that, we're still working on everything underneath that. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's more at that point, the medication is looked at more. Let's, let's help you feel a little bit better while we Mm -hmm. fix everything else. Exactly. Yeah. Because when, you know, it's really hard to fix everything else and like make big dietary changes and things like that when you just feel terrible, Mm -hmm. especially if you're having like major fatigue issues, a lot of brain fog, you know, it's hard, it's hard to feel like you have the energy to make those other changes. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important that there's nothing wrong with having to take medication when it's needed and necessary. you know, as long as you're working on all the other stuff at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. I know sometimes people are like I don't want to take any medication and I completely understand that Right. but you know when you have a good practitioner like what y'all are doing and they can walk you through the process of why that might be the best thing for them I think it's it's easier to accept where they need to where they are right then right exactly yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and again not feeling like you know they're broken or something's wrong with them it's like no it's okay we're just going to get you back to a baseline right and then we're going to correct all these other problems and then you know possibly you won't need that anymore
1: right and I always include the patient in the decision making yeah because you know, and I'm, I'm happy to just go completely functional medicine, and and you know, look at everything possibly that we can to yep. help correct those issues. And then at the same time, some people do opt for, you know, I really need, I'm just, I need to function right yep. now. So it, you yep. know, we just meet them where they are.
0: Yes, which is so important, mm-hmm. I think, and I that's the, part of what I also love about functional medicine is it's so, it is so about the individual and their story, and what do they need, and mm-hmm. what you know, what is their end goal? You know, what is their north star? You know, where are they trying to get to? in that you're helping them reach their goal as a opposed to the goal of the doctor yes yeah which I think is so yes. amazing I just love it so I just kind of want to reiterate you know why functional medicine is so important but then also how you know your how restorative health and wellness can help people you know how do they how do they reach out to you how do they find you and what's the process for working with you
1: sure so um our clinic is actually located here in Webster um in the really Houston, close yeah really close <laughs> um the Houston Physicians Hospital um so that's where we hold clinic um uh, Monday through Friday And, um, so you can just call up over there and and make a new patient appointment. We have different models of, of our billing procedure. Um, so we did actually just get in network with quite a few major insurance carriers, which is really exciting. It is exciting. Yes. Yes. So we have had a lot of requests for that and we're trying to make it work as best as we can with our wellness model. Um, it is kind of challenging sometimes, but we're finding some, some ways to work through that. Um, because I do like to spend time with my patients. Yes. Um, so, so it is a concierge model for that reason, just to allow us to do some more of the functional medicine type of approach Mm -hmm. Um, but we also offer direct primary care um, which is a cool concept as well because um, you can just pay a cash price for each visit, or you can pay a membership option. I love that. So, yes. It's yeah. so
0: cool. It's, I've, I've been seeing that popping up over the last year. I'm like, that is such a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it makes it more accessible for people who don't feel like they can get into a big, you know, five, $6,000 program right, right off the bat. And those can be extremely helpful and beneficial, but some people it's just not an option. Right. Yeah. So I love the concept of what y'all are doing.
1: Yeah. 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 We, we definitely have just tried to make it work for everybody.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, it's really good. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. So, um, what's, do you have a website where people can come and find yes, you? Yes, we
1: do. It's, um, restorative hwc.com. And we also have a Facebook page that you can check out. So that would be a good way to kind of check us out and see what we're doing.
0: Yes, definitely, y'all. Check it check it out. And if you're interested in functional medicine and you're just not quite sure if it's a good fit for you, just call up there and make an appointment and go in and, and have a chat. You know, just sit down and say, this is what's going on for me. Are we a good fit to work together? Right. You know, what can you do to help me? You know, so if you have those questions, you know, just you you just need to go ask. Right. I think everybody can get
1: better. You know, I, I really believe that, yes. you know, and then uh, it's funny sometimes the MA will walk in after they've roomed a patient and they're like, oh man, you know. And I'm like, oh, yay, because, um, you know, I know that there's just yeah. going to be so much that we can do that there's so much potential for those patients. Absolutely. And as long as the patient is willing to work too, mm-hmm. you know, and be a part of their health care, you know, be willing to make changes then they're going to do great.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really important part and it kind of goes to back to what Pat was asking is who's the you know the best candidate for that's functional medicine and I think exactly what you said just nailed it in that you you know it's it's not something where you're going to come in and it's very passive. This is actually you you are a part of your healthcare now. And which is is you can look at it in, in a negative way, but I would say look at it as you are going to get to take control and you yes. are empowered. And now you can make the decisions moving forward as to what is going to work for your health care. And you're going to be educated. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to know what to do. Yep, that's I know. what it's all about. That's what it's all about. <laughs> thank, Lauren, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic conversation. I definitely would love to have you back on and dig down into some of these topics more because I know we had so many questions come in that we were not able to get to today. So thank you so much for coming on. It was awesome. I appreciate it. Was it was fantastic. You. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back with you next week. Have a fantastic 4th of July and a wonderful weekend. Thrive Life next week, 10 a.m. I'll see you then.